0: Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo and into 2020. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HERT. Hello again everyone and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Lita has over 20 years working as an interior designer. She's now a full-fledged lifestyle expert, podcaster, and blogger. Status Life with Lita will take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Lita's mission is to bring her knowledge and fun teaching ability to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes, and I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Miss Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Good afternoon.
1: Hi. Great to see you, as Thank always. Thank you.
0: Well, before we begin, a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, the Status Market, your online shopping experience, and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. All right.
1: We've got all right. some big news to
0: start the show today.
1: We, I feel like we need a drum roll. Yeah, well, uh, I don't. Mike, are I don't you feel on that? Sound effect Should today? I just do it on the table yeah. here? Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't tell him we needed that, so he didn't have it up for us. What did we do yesterday? Well, I signed the papers, but you get the glory of telling everyone. Oh, I do. So we bought a house. We bought a house. We're Yay. blending. There we go. Yay! So, yeah. So if you're tuning in and this is your first show with Derek and I, uh, we are a couple. We are business owners, we've both been single parents. Uh, we have everything in the world in common. We met a few years ago and it's been happy ending ever since. And just yesterday, uh, this is it. We found it's a official. house. It is absolutely official and uh, we're moving.
0: Yes we're yeah, moving. my house has already been sold.
1: Yep we've got a we're living in mine uh, to renovate the new one. Correct. And that's probably what we should talk about right. Um, this is going to be a huge project. I'm going to share the entire thing. We're going to blog about it vlog about it which is a thing video blog yeah, about it. Uh, I'm going t- it's a beautiful home. I'm not taking mm-hmm. away from the bones of this home right. We we both love it uh, but what we are going to transform it into is going to be something of a showpiece. Yeah, yeah, so. oh, absolutely.
0: It's we've got acreage, we've got a mm-hmm. barn, we've got all kinds of fun things. Got a we pool, can, which a pool, we're going to make correct. a, a pool fancier, bigger
1: and pool and a fire area, fire pit. So yes. Yeah, <laughs> fire
0: pits plural. We'll. Have.
1: That's right. We're each getting. We can't agree on what the fire pit should look like, so we agreed <laughs> to just build two. So and we're we going to have a stack stone fireplace and a round fire. You wanted round. Yes. And I want the stacked stone. So we just decided to build we'll both. It. There, That's right. it. See? We,
0: we even have a little par three. We golf do. We have a back. little par three. It's so cute. <laughs>
1: so yeah. So everybody golfs. I got my set of clubs. We got the golf stand in the garage that we just bought. We're, we're getting set up. Yep. So, so if we
0: ever go to a golf course that has a hole laid out, just like the one at the house, we'll be tear perfect. it up. We'll all know how to do it. Yeah. So
1: absolutely. anyways. But yes, with the acreage, we can build more holes I, out the back. I'm we pushing for We can build a whole nine holes out there. So. I will not argue. It's very exciting. So you guys tune in. Go to my social media, Status Life with Lita. We will start this process. I'll be taking videos of the home. Uh, I was not able to go out yesterday. I had some other constrictions that sort of kept me at work. Uh, So Derek went out yesterday and did the closing, which is interesting because of COVID. They're only letting one person in. So I really wasn't able to go. You had to take my power of attorney, and I trust that you signed my name in all the right places. And so we bought this house, and again... Uh, if you want to follow it, if you're listening to this, uh, go to Status Life with Lita Instagram, Facebook, and soon to be YouTube. So oh, the transformation, right? Yeah. I guess so. I don't well, know anything about back it. Back to the but. closing.
0: They even had the buyers and the sellers, me, the buyer and the sellers, in different rooms. Yeah. Normally, yeah, everybody of sits around the right table, now, and it I was know. very cordial. We are very good friends, I think, now already with the sellers, and so. But we couldn't even see each I other. in uh, Different rooms for both parts i'm surprised they even
1: let us do this radio show in the same room well. they're gonna have plexiglass between us one day we're gonna
0: come in yeah so. at some point all right well yes a lot of excitement coming with yes. the new home okay and, that's and our big announcement follow that path like you mm-hmm. said social media you'll be able to pick up uh right away and, and see the transformation as it goes through now the next thing let's talk about the last show yeah
1: decluttering julie Rankin. purging yes that was a huge show <laughs> And I don't know, Derek, how much you liked it. Uh, um, he was in the hot seat most of the show, as he as you were for the health and fitness shows.
0: I, I'm not only the host, I'm the guinea pig.
1: I know. I feel like you're going to end up giving your me your resignation notice on this <laughs> podcast because um, I keep coming up with these fabulous topics that are so informative, and I keep putting you in the hot seat. Well, we're
0: not there yet, but even today's topic.
1: Well, this hits home in a yeah. whole different way, and a whole different light. Uh, Not so much as vulnerable, but definitely something that you've
0: walked through. Absolutely. We'll get to the the show topic in a little bit. Yeah, in just a
1: second. Absolutely. I can't wait to get to it because this one hits home for me, too, in a big way. But
0: Julie is coming back for at least a second. Julie's coming back.
1: We realized there was so much more. We scratched the surface with her. So Julie is a psychotherapist and a life coach. Uh, she has written a book on purging and decluttering and the psychology between, bas- behind why we hold on to things. And if you haven't listened to that show, I highly encourage it. There's something in there for everyone. We took a poll here in the studio. Who holds on to things? Who can get rid of things? And even between you and I, Derek, it's very different. I hold on to sentimental, but I'm very organized about it. I have scrapbooks and photo albums and a trunk and everything is boxed and and I don't just have a lot of stuff. Uh but you're a lot different. You you collect you but you have actual collections. You yes. collect sports memorabilia and that's very meaningful to you. Um you know, your parents have passed away. You have a lot of their things that are very meaningful. So again, that was very eye-opening where I really felt like you had a lot of clutter. Julie was able to kind of say, "No, no, no. These are very much a part of you. They're a part of your personality." Uh, It was really, really interesting how she broke this down. So she's coming back.
0: Yes. We have a lot more to say.
1: Uh, We have uh, a fantastic guest on the show today, someone very near and dear to my heart. I believe we have Julie coming back for the next show. So if you're listening to these in succession, uh, we are pausing Julie today. Again, a topic switching gears a little bit, uh, but but necessary and something that's going to hit
0: home for everyone. Right. A couple more things before we get to our, our guest today. Status Super Saturday. That's coming up this weekend. Well, right? that is
1: coming up this weekend. Um, so this is, what are we? Today's the second. second. We know I don't like to talk dates because I know a lot of people are going to listen to the show and it's going to be long since past. But if you are listening to this live, we uh, I do own a retail store uh, in outside of Metro Atlanta. The first Saturday of every month, we throw a big, huge party. It is socially distanced. Don't panic. You have to wear a mask. Um you know, everything we try to do as much outside as we can, so we can space it apart, but the one we had last month was huge. We have another one coming up, and if you miss this one, you hear the show from six months from now, you can still come back we We do these the, the first, first Saturday, Saturday of every
0: right. month, yes, and this one we're in December, so this one's a very. Yes, Happy this is holiday a holiday Christmas theme. Themed.
1: Yes, uh, we're doing winter wonderland. So I'm going to deck the store out in white lights and rose gold and balloons, and it's going to be fabulous. Well,
0: you always decorate it well for everyone. Well, but you know, Super Saturdays and the themes that, that
1: it is my career.
0: All right, next thing before we get to the guest. Yes, Monday was Cyber Monday, and I yeah. know was status the the status market, uh, big day, right?
1: Well, thank you for bringing that up. So yes, uh, wherever you are in the world, national, international, listening to this show. I own uh, an online retail store. So if you can't get to my storefront outside of Metro Atlanta, statusmarketanddesign.com. That is my online store. Amazing merchandise. I have handpicked all of it. Uh, I have a team of designers. They are also involved. Uh, But again, it's beautiful. It's fun. Cyber Monday just passed. We're out of stock of a lot of things, but restocking as fast as we can
0: yeah and I've, go check it out I've checked it out you got yeah. some great stuff on there right now you've checked it out you own could, it with me know, <laughs> you're 50% but, but owner of that company though, I'm too busy practicing <laughs> law I don't have the I've the checked it out ability. okay Derek no I, I do I'll go in there and, <laughs> and sometimes I'll see the merchandise and think man I'm glad I'm in partnership with her on this because you picked some good stuff
1: I was more nervous about stuff. opening that business with you than I was about buying this house what? <laughs> I don't know I I'm I a businesswoman through yeah, and through wow. I am an entrepreneur I have many ventures I don't know. I don't remember. I was terrified well, to sign I, the papers on the this. business.
0: Do not allow me to purchase merchandise to put on the status market. No, you're because, not
1: allowed. You're uh, not the buyer. Yeah, I, no.
0: Trust me, I would have no clue what to do with
1: that. You, he, I will tell no. everyone that he has so much fun. We go to the mart. We go to all these trade shows. He is fabulous. All the girls go. He carries all of our suitcases <laughs> and our rolling bags. I'm the packs. Mule. He is, but he loves it. He he just has such a good time doing. Well, yeah. You've gone to High Point with me. Yes. You've gone to the Mart many, many times. I got
0: pulled out of the crowd with a band to dance That's right. in That's front of right. everyone. For, yeah, so. so
1: Derek's a celebrity down at the uh, Mart. So I anyway. wouldn't say that,
0: but it's fun to go to the Mart. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to our guest. Well, we've given the tease. I can't wait. She's holding. She's probably like patiently awaiting her uh, time to be on the show with us, but I, I got to get to the topic. It's
0: only appropriate for you to introduce her.
1: Okay, everyone, you are going to hear today from, again, I said very, very near and dear to my heart. This is my aunt. Her name is Ronnie Skricky, and she is uh, patched in today. She is calling us from Michigan. And the topic of the day, she has written a book. It is called Stolen Cake, and she's here. We're going to talk all about the book but I don't want to give too much away. I want her to lead in to why the book was written and what the topic is about. So, Aunt Ronnie, are you here with us?
2: Uh, yes, I am. I Thank can you, hear you. Yeah. Hi. Thank you, Derek, for asking me to be on your show today. Oh, absolutely.
1: We're glad to have you. Well, Aunt Ronnie, all right. So, go ahead, right off the top, I want you to tell the story. Uh, let's talk about... I know, so it's hard for me to ask this in a question form, Derek. Maybe you should even ask her. Yeah, um, we we got to lay the foundation, okay, right? Because well, the first it. question I know is is why'd you write the book? Right, but right,
0: having been someone who took care of a family member, my mom, who suffered from Alzheimer's, and uh, she went through the whole, uh, unfortunately, the the whole process of Alzheimer's. I want to know personally for you what led to writing the book. What what was the motivation for you writing the book?
2: well i uh kept a journal while i was caring for my mother and uh, the journal i kept really at the time the purpose was to channel my feelings but also it helped me to coordinate her care and keep track of important information uh and then after i got done with all that i i thought boy this is information that could really help other people so i started formulating it into a book. Um, the, title, the title of the whole book is actually Stolen Cake, and the subtitle is Embracing the Alzheimer's Caregiver Role. Um, I wanted to show people what it was like to care for someone at home, and how rewarding that can be.
1: So... We, that's the why of the book, but go back a, a step before that and let's talk about what was going on. So this is my grandma, your mother, where was she with diagnosis, with the stage that she was in? You, um, lay a little foundation for all of our listeners about even before you started writing the book, uh, what, what was going on that you be, even became her caregiver?
2: Sure. Um, After my dad died in 2001, and six months later, we realized that my mother was still acting a little fuzzy, I guess you could say. So we took her to see a neuropsychologist, and rather than the grieving process, he did diagnose that she had Alzheimer's at that time. So that's where the caregiving role actually started it it was a small role at the beginning Uh, she was still in her own condo she still drove herself to the hairdresser Uh, but I had to start overseeing everything we would take her out for breakfast and some dinners and soon I started um, paying her bills for her when I saw that was becoming a problem Uh, some people have problems wondering when should we take the keys away from our loved ones when they're driving and actually my mother saw that herself because she got lost one day coming home from the hairdresser and she keys and she said I don't want to drive anymore so well that's I was really rather happy that that happened Um, and it it just kind of progressed from there as Alzheimer's will do
1: so Derek, you mentioned you have sat in this role also uh with your mother, so this is my grandmother and my uh of course my aunt Ronnie. It was her direct mother but but your mom uh, suffered from Alzheimer's, and it was different and yet very 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 similar
0: yes, well my dad was still living, and he was trying to keep her at home with him he he realized that that unfortunately her memory was fading, her ability to function on a day to day basis was getting worse. And instead of sharing everything with us, he kind of hid that from us. And so after he passed, we learned a lot more about what had been going on at home. Uh, But she had actually gone into the nursing home while he was still living. uh, And he would divulge bits and pieces about things that would happen before she did go into the nursing home. That again, were, were things he kept from us at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually uh, his appendix ruptured. He passed out on the floor at the house and I had called to check and she answered the phone, which she never answered the phone, but she answered the phone and I asked where he was and she said, Oh, he's asleep Which was not really something he would do in the middle of the day. So I called a friend who went to the home and knocked on the door and my mom answered the door and she asked where my dad was and she said, Oh, he's asleep on the floor and when she walked in, my dad was passed out, literally oh, on the floor no. in the family room. And she didn't know. She didn't she, know that his appendix had ruptured and, and he literally was passed out on the floor. From, he would have died wow. had we not just um, you know, realized in, in the moment what was going on. Yeah. So things like that. Yeah, that,
1: big things. That, sure. that was a big accident. Mm-hmm. You and know, my
0: dad but, uh, also, too, they had a, a cowbell from a trip they'd gone to Switzerland. He put it on the bedroom door. And he shared with us that he put it there purposely so in the middle of the night when she would wake up and try and open the bedroom door, the cowbell would fall and wake him up so that he could keep her from going outside. He, 3 o'clock in the morning, would wake up with her in the shower putting makeup on, those kind of things. So, uh,
1: Ronnie, I know because I've read the book and I I went through this, you know, just just knowing uh, what was going on with Grandma. But tell everyone there was a point where... She was in a facility. Uh, I don't know if it was more assisted living or a nursing home, but that came to an end. And the decision-making part to have her live with you. Uh, Talk us through that.
2: Yes. um, Well, after being in her condo, uh, we finally realized she had to move to assisted living. First, we moved her into an independent apartment there, and that worked pretty well. They had uh, some caregivers there that could come in and make sure she took her medicine. As she got worse, she moved into the assisted living side of the assisted living home. And we just found that that wasn't really as good. They didn't have as many um, caregivers where they needed more caregivers at, at that point. And so, she's really began wandering the halls uh they told us at that point she had to move out of there because they consider they were considered not to be a lockdown facility a lockdown meaning they lock all the doors so the uh, people cannot get out um so this kind of put us in a bind and we had to start looking for other options of course, there are memory care facilities out there, but those we found were pretty expensive. Oh, okay. um, at that time, they were anywhere from 4000 to $11,000 a month depending on their level of care. Uh, so we looked at um, the other options, but really the best option was for her to move in with us. And it just so happened I was retiring from my job with the county at that time and we decided to move her in with us well
1: and that's where the book picks up and what I absolutely love about this book and what I'm gonna kind of hit a sidebar and just give the book some props real quick is anyone that is going to find yourself in a caregiving situation, this is a must-read book. It is oh, abs- It was so eye-opening. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely, it, it is heartfelt, it is real, uh, just every point. It really explains from a day-to-day basis as a caregiver for someone with Alzheimer's what you went through. And I had no idea. I am in this family. You were my aunt. That was my grandma. And I had no idea from a day-to-day basis the challenges that you faced. And so, again, for somebody finding themselves in this situation, uh, if you've been through it, I know, Derek, um, you can probably say you read it. And it took you back to that time with your mom.
0: Well, you were reading it one night. And you would say, well, let me read this to you. Did your mom do this? And you would read a segment of the book. And I would say, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly, exactly, exactly the path I walked with her. Yes. I mean, that's it. Yes. A lot of mm-hmm. the things that you wrote about are exactly what, I, not just me, but I'm sure many people deal with who care for someone with Alzheimer's and dementia.
1: So, Ronnie, specific to the book, you wrote this book as a journal. You wrote this book in real time So, uh, as you were going through this with Grandma did you know you were going to take your journals and turn them into a book
2: no no at that time i did not it was basically to channel my feelings and there's a lot of feelings in the book i just bared my soul in this book Uh, but it was also helped to help me coordinate her care with the caregivers and the doctors and the nurses and everyone else that was involved uh, and also to keep track of all the important information. So that's the way it started. I wanted to document everything. It wasn't until after I all was said and done that I realized there's so much helpful information in here that other people could use that I had no clue of. I'm not a nurse, and I had never been a caregiver before, so I had to just kind of learn everything.
0: So did you also find this book to be therapeutic in a way for you oh, to put yes. it together?
2: Oh, yes. I would sit down and write at night about how my day went and, and there were a lot of good days. I mean, there were, there were times she would be teaching me things um, and there were times that funny things happened, like the time that she stopped eating her food. So I had to find creative ways to get her to eat her food. Well, I found that she would love to steal the cakes and the pies and the things that I had sitting on the counter. So I took her meal one night and covered it up and put it on the counter and walked away. And sure enough, she went in there and uncovered that meal and started eating.
0: (laughs) I love that. Which is also, too, the the purpose of that title. That is, I was just going to say, that is what you titled the book,
1: Was Stolen Cake. That is perfect. And Derek, (laughs) uh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Plus the fact that cake, it has to do with the memories. So yes. the, you know, Alzheimer's steals the memories and and Alzheimer's patients like to steal cake. Yeah. So
1: you had done something with grandma, my grandma, uh, many years before. I don't remember the year, but I know you wrote about it in the book. And you had her write a memory journal before she lost her memories. And that's also a big part of this book, Cake.
2: Yes, Uh, five years before my mother was diagnosed, I had her and my father write uh, memory journals. And it was, they would ask questions in there like what was your life growing up and what was your school like? What was your family like? What kind of vacations did you take? So it really added a lot of history that I thought maybe could help her. Later on, I would read her some of those entries that she had in there. But um, I added that to the book in the beginning of each chapter. I, I put some information in there about my family's life. And there's a lot of history dating back from the 1920s through the 1960s and on. I think that a lot of people can appreciate.
0: Um, That's a terrific idea. It was
2: a
1: brilliant idea because it gets the reader to understand Grandma Moore, uh, right? You're reading her you're words about it. right. You're, I mean, there is just a, it's her memories and it's her life. She talks about her parents and her sisters and her brothers, and and then as these memories start to slip away, we as the reader can hold on to them and and you just feel for uh you ronnie watching the memory slip away but yet you have this book um that you're able to hold on to both stolen cake and her memory journal so i think that was just an absolute brilliant way to connect the reader to what you were going through And really make them you know drawn in to I I wanted them to really get
2: to know her as she was as a person
0: one of the things you referenced in the book too is her ability to try and deflect when she couldn't remember something if you ask her a direct question she would deflect my mom for example she wrote posty notes and and when we were cleaning her closet out she would take posty notes right on a dress for example I wore this dress on Sunday, December, whatever. Uh, It was a lovely day. Temperature was whatever. We went to lunch at wherever. And she would staple it to the dress. And so that was her way of when she would go to her closet, she would read the notes that she had written to herself. So Uh she did things like that to help her when she realized her memory was fading. But also, too, she had a tendency, if you ask her a question, she would say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I forgot. I was going to tell you that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it was a way of deflecting and not acknowledging that her memory truly was escaping her at that moment.
1: Those pre-programmed answers. Sure. That yes. they have. Yes. And I know you, you referenced that in the a book. calendar
2: for my mother at the beginning too. And she really was organized by her calendar. She really followed that. But yes, there were many times we'd go to the doctor and the doctor would ask her how she's doing. Oh, I'm just doing fine today and no problems. Whereas she might've just had a huge problem, but she didn't remember to tell him that. So I would kind of have to take the doctors aside and say, well, this is actually what really happened yesterday. Been there, done uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, I understand oh. that truly. Well, it's interesting.
1: You know, I'm at the age, sorry, Aunt Ronnie. I was going to say my parents are aging, but <laughs> you're my aunt. So that's putting you in there. Uh it's something that when you get to a certain point as a young adult, you don't think about this. This is not on the radar. You think your parents are going to live forever, but the reality is we cannot stop the aging process. This is a part of life, and you had some interesting statistics. I had asked you uh, in writing the book you know, what, where the knowledge came from and really realizing how many people uh, are going to be affected by this. Do you have that in front of you?
2: Well, I know that uh, the Alzheimer's Association has reported that forty percent of all the people over the age of eighty are going to get Alzheimer's or some type of dementia.
1: That's a lot. That I mean, that's a big number. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not necessarily an Alzheimer's situation, which is what we're specifically talking about today, um I know uh, our Mike, our producer here in the studio, his mother, just moved in with him so he's now he and his wife are finding himself in a caregiving role not an alzheimer's caregiving role but a role that they've had to bring an elderly parent in to live with them um well our society's
0: living longer that and the baby Mm -hmm. booming baby booming the baby boomer generation is is soon to be approaching that age where they start falling into that 40 percent and so ronnie i
1: wanted i know you wanted to bring up as a point, um, and, and this is sort of the overall of the book, why it was so important to bring grandma, her name is Ruth, I guess I should refer to her by her first name, she's my grandma, but why it was so important to bring Ruth to live with you at that point. I know we've, we've laid the foundation for now, she is living with you. The book picks up from the day-to-day journal of everything that you went through, but having her live with you uh, through the end stages um speak to that and what what the importance is of that
2: well to me it was the best hardest job i've ever had um when we started to have her consider to move in with us I, we were looking at every place else as i think most people do they look at every other place first and then one day i feel god just told me have her move in with you. And it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, it was right in my face. And so everything kind of worked out that way. Everything was falling into place to make that happen. When I retired from my job, she moved in the very next day. It just, uh, it just worked out that way. And I just think people should start looking at Having their loved one move in with them as a first resort, not the last resort, because the relationship I established with her at that point and throughout the whole process was just phenomenal. She may not have known I was her daughter, but I feel that she knew me at some level. Um, even at the point where she couldn't say complete sentences anymore, one day she would look up at me and say, I just love you very much. And I knew that that had to come from her, like her spirit, her heart. It didn't come from her brain because she couldn't put two words together with her brain. And uh, other days she would say to me, "I just want you to know I appreciate what you do for me." Aww. And where could those things come from besides her heart, her mm-hmm. spirit? So it made it was all worthwhile to me. I don't regret anything, having her move in with me. It was, I say we established a closer relationship than we ever had before in our whole life.
0: Wow. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Now there's a spiritual aspect to what you've talked about uh, a very deep spiritual aspect. Um, and I'd like for you to just talk briefly about that.
2: Well, I have, I have a, a faith in God and um, when he told me to move, My mother in with me I kind of started to argue with him and said well what about my sisters and he said no I didn't call them I called you and so I knew at that point that whatever I was going to go through he was going to walk with me through it and that's the way it went throughout the whole book you'll see this Mm -hmm. the things that he set into place when I needed them Things that were right there, the caregivers that I needed at the time, the doctors that I needed at the time. Um, it's hard to explain, but it was just all there. So I really believe that um, this was God ordained and He walked with me through that whole process.
1: Well, that is beautiful and so true. And I look at it now uh, who the, the journals. And the journals and her grandma's memory book, uh, all becoming Stolen Cake, this phenomenal book, uh, I, in tears, finishing the end. I'm not going to say, you know, of course, I want, I want people to buy it and read it and learn from it as it is such a beautiful tool for a caregiver and it is just a beautiful story and let's say you're not a caregiver right now your parents are are going to age but you're a little bit younger that does not mean this book is not for you this book is for absolutely anyone i'm sitting in the studio right now mike could read this book derek has walked through this yeah. book oh, yeah. you know yeah. amanda she may be younger but it's this is going to hit for every single one of us i will say
0: as i read the book um and, and it it's amazing the the path that you walked is so similar in many ways to what we did with my mom
1: sure mm-hmm.
0: um it, it's a it's just a it's a horrible disease it's a horrible situation where it steals your memory it steals your personality it steals your your Ability to even re- recognize your family, your children. And my mom would refer to my dad as that man who would come to see her. Um, when mm-hmm. I would say, well, who's that guy over there? She'd say, oh, he's that man that comes to see me. Mm-hmm. And she thought mm-hmm. I was her brother or I was the neighbor kid. And she would tell me to go get my bicycle so we could go ride our bikes. Um, mm mm-hmm. I, I want to share one story real quick. Okay. Uh, my mom, my dad was a preacher for 50 plus years in the Methodist church. And every church my dad served, my mom played either the piano or the organ there at the church. And she um, had the ability to, she was self-taught, uh, but she uh, could play anything on the piano or the organ. And one time when she was still mobile and in a memory care facility, my kids and I had gone to visit. And the nurse said, you won't believe what your mom did today. And immediately, because of the Alzheimer's, I thought, oh no, now what? And she said, it was amazing. And so I perked up a little bit. I said, okay, what did she do? And she took her by the hand, and my mom's name was Joanne. She said, Miss Joanne, come with me for a minute. I want you to show your son and your grandchildren what you did. And she walked her over to a piano in the grand gathering room there at the facility, and she sat my mom down at the piano, and she said, Miss Joanne, can you play Amazing Grace? And without any music whatsoever, nothing to read, she, she played beginning to end three or four stanzas of Amazing Grace. And she said, that's terrific. Now, how about Old Rugged Cross? And she played that wow. hymn. Wow. And she named at least three hymns. And with no music book there, with no memory of who she is, or no knowledge of who we were anymore, she was able to play throughout the, you know, the beginning to end four different hymns perfectly. And that part of her brain had not been affected yet. Wow! But mm. yet the other memories that even, like I said, the knowledge of who she was had been stolen.
1: That's so beautiful. I'm I'm glad you got to see that and yeah, got oh, to witness uh, that and have that as such a strong yes. memory.
0: I, I just remember sitting yeah. there with my mouth wide up and like, I'm oh sure. my gosh, Aww. how does she do that? And then...
1: This was before cell phones could video, right? Yeah. So I was going to say how I, sweet I wish I'd, I'd to have a video, video yeah, of, of that. But it, you have it mentally. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. So during the book, which is Grandma Ruth's life, there was a point and she had had a fall. And uh, I, I don't want to go through the story of it because that is part of the book. What I want to touch on was the misconception. Uh, she had a fall. She had to have surgery. Uh, I'm not breezing through that. Again, I want that to, st- to stand alone in the book. But what was so interesting in reading this is she had to go to a rehabilitation facility. And Ronnie, I want you to pick up because it was, what was the biggest misconception? Um, I hope you know what I'm trying to ask you. Uh, Yes. Yes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
2: um, I felt like, and I, I think a lot of people might feel this way, is when it was time for her to go to a nursing home for rehab, I thought you could just drop them off the door and they would be all taken care of there. Uh, That's what a nursing home was for. That's what I thought. But when I first took her in there, I talked to the nurse and I told the nurse that she would need help with feeding. And the nurse said, well, I don't have the staff to do that. If you want her fed, the family's going to have to come in and feed her. So we're talking about three meals a day. So pretty much I had to be there 12 hours a day, every single day of the week, Um, either myself or one of my caregivers. And I saw so much that went on in the nursing home that is worth documenting for people to know what goes on. I talked to another couple while I was in the nursing home. They said their mother was there and she had already fallen 12 times in the nursing home. Uh, So, I don't think we can just be under the impression that all is going to be well. We really have to know what's going on and take good care of them because, you know, there are loved ones. Nobody's going to take care of them like we do.
1: Yeah. You had to sit vigilant that 12 hours a day, everything she needed. Yes. Um, I, I, that I would, my eyes were open by that point too, because you, again, they're there for care. You're paying for care, whether it's insurance-based or some of the private facilities that you have to pay out of pocket, wow. I mean, they they outwardly told you they didn't have the staff to feed her. And with an Alzheimer's patient who can't feed herself, what I mean, they were just going to let her not eat, you know. And what if uh, Ronnie, you weren't retired, you know, who who would be there with her?
0: One of the common answers to that question is, well, she's not hungry. She wasn't hungry. She didn't really eat. She much didn't today. eat much. Aww. That's one of the common answers. So when when yeah. my mom was at that stage where she would not feed herself, as I said, my dad would go there daily and stay for 8 to 10 hours a day. I would go at lunchtime many, many days and sit, and I would feed her so he could go take a nap. Yeah, He would mm-hmm. go lie down in her bed in her room, and he would take a nap. And I would sit at the dining table, which was lunchtime for all the patients, and I would feed her. But there were also times, too, I would you know also feed the one next to her somebody you know somebody's mom or dad who was there right the family member or friend couldn't be and i'm sure you did as well or or Uh you would have as well in in that same uh situation but there were lots of folks that just sat there and stared at their plate or stared at into space and wouldn't eat and the answer when the family would ask would be oh they just weren't hungry today yeah
2: yeah that's a shame
0: it is
1: it absolutely is uh, do you have any parting comments about the book? Anything you want to leave all of our listeners with?
2: Yes, I'd like to say that even though the book will make you cry, as you mentioned, <laughs> it does. I, I think it also will make you laugh. To me, that's a signature of a good story. I like to make people cry, and I like to make them laugh because that brings out your emotions. Um the book is also available on amazon.com and kindle as an ebook or a paperback
0: okay so you can search stolen cake and pull it up that way
2: yes stolen cake and i would also put in the subtitle uh, embracing the alzheimer's caregiver role
0: okay lita mentioned your name and i want you to spell it because i don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know that there's necessarily a common spelling it's not like smith or jones or but go ahead
2: Yes, the uh, author name is listed on Amazon as R, capital R, capital R, that's two R's, Skriky, and it's spelled S-K-R-Y-C-K-I.
1: I I want you to leave us with the Rosalind Carter quote.
2: Okay, um, I did learn recently, Rosalind Carter said there are four kinds of people in the world. Those who are caregivers those who were caregivers those who will be caregivers and those who will need a caregiver and i think that covers just about everybody and that's very true
1: that covers everybody and i think of too that is the importance of the show that is the importance of the book that is the importance of status life with lita we are here this is something that is going to affect every single person we are all aging And um, just for our little community here in studio, it is every single one of us. Yeah, absolutely. It is is eye-opening. I thank you for your time. I thank you for your journals and for writing this book. I will have the link, the Amazon link to the book on my website, Status Life with Lita. Uh, You can go there or go to Amazon and look up Stolen Cake. This is, the holidays are coming. This will make an amazing gift For a caregiver, for a loved one, Um, I just, I think the timing couldn't be better on this. It is national, I wrote it down, this is, oh, November was National Caregivers Month, and it was also Alzheimer's Awareness Month, so we have just crossed into December. I really wanted this show to happen in November so I could sort of tie all this together, but I think we're close enough. Uh, A fantastic show, Ronnie, a fantastic book. I thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, thank you too, Ronnie. We appreciate you being here today and sharing not only the story, but also too the book itself, taking time to put this together. So many of us could have written that book, and you did it, and that's that's great. And I would say, like Lita did, it's a wonderful gift for someone who may be facing the consequences of Alzheimer's and a mom, a dad, or a family member or a friend. I personally have an uncle now who's just gone into a that's nursing right. home With Alzheimer's, which is my mom's brother and another brother of hers just passed away from Alzheimer's. So now the third Uh member of her family um, with Alzheimer's is in a nursing home at this point.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. But what is so interesting, I know I touched on this, is this book was not written after the fact. This book, and so it's not a, a caregiver's perspective from a nurse who writes about the physical care and the medical care, and that is all in there, but this book is written from a loved one who chose to bring an Alzheimer's patient into her home and care for her through the end stages.
0: Trials, tribulations, and absolutely the rewards um, that you gain from being able to have that time with her.
1: Absolutely. So yes. thank
0: you again very much. And thank before we you. go, Lita, I do want you to reference your your website and, and all the information on how to follow you.
1: Absolutely. Status Life with Lita is the podcast. You can listen to any of the shows on any podcast app. We are on Gwinnett Business Radio. Go to Gwinnett Business Radio or go to Business Radio X. Select the Gwinnett Studio. Am I closing the show for you? You're pointing at me like that's in there. The
0: the website and the Facebook. That's all.
1: Status Life with Lita. You can go on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and just type that into Google, and everything Status comes up. You can find the Status Market. You can find the retail store. Just Google Status. Yeah, you
0: could make it out to Status for the super Saturday. I encourage everyone to do that as well. Well, thank you so much, Ronnie, again. And thank everyone too, for joining us today on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, And you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.